0: This is Toastcaster, podcast for Toastmasters. Your host, Greg Gazin. Episode 59, Entrepreneur Credits Toastmasters for $10,000 prize. Or maybe another way of saying, Toastmasters pays. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of Toastcaster, podcast for Toastmasters. We have a pretty interesting guest on our show today. Rana Varma is an entrepreneur and inventor, and he's from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And I was speaking with him about a new tech product that he's launching through crowdfunding, an Indiegogo program. And somehow, I can't remember how, we stumbled upon the topic of Toastmasters. And as it turned out, his product recently won two awards one of which had a $10,000 prize attached to it. And our guest then shared with me that this was made possible because of Toastmasters. Welcome to the show, Renna.
1: Hey,
0: thanks for having me, Greg. Anytime. <laughs> so tell me briefly about what the product is and what was the award that you took home? Sure. So I'll give you a quick background. Uh, the product
1: is a hardware and software combination. It's a it's the world's first portable smart scale for nutrition basically allows you to track uh, what you eat and gives you a really good idea of your nutrition. It's basically like a Fitbit for nutrition.
0: Cool. Tell me about the award and how Toastmasters played a role in it. Sure. So the award was actually a, a very interesting experience for me. He
1: used to the University of Calgary and he told me about this health innovation competition. So he pass it across my desk and I was like okay let's check it out you know we're a little bit of an outlier as more of a consumer product but um you know let's let's just enter in so they had 30 contestants and then we made the the short list of 10 of which then we would have to do a presentation in a almost a conference like format uh, at the university and there was going to be a panel of judges and it was broken out into two pieces we had to do Mad minute, which was sixty seconds, and then a formal uh, three-minute pitch with three minutes of questions.
0: Wow. Okay. Three minutes of questions. So it was almost like a lot. It was almost like table topics. Then it pretty much was, and the the hook on this one was that we could only use three slides,
1: and it was a hard stop, right? So just like in Toastmasters, they'll pretty much you know with the red light, uh, yellow light, and the green light, they'll they'll cut you off, and they had a panel of judges. It was almost like a. it was basically a competition because anyone from the competitors could ask us a question and vice versa. So we got some tough questions from competitors because they were trying to test us. So it definitely, um, you know, those skills that you learn in Toastmasters about, you know, thinking on your feet, especially with uh, the table topics, really, really came to play here.
0: So I'm just uh, reading here a little bit about it. It's It says here that you won both a People's Choice Award and first place in the W21C 2015 Innovation Academy Award. And it says it's an innovation initiative based at both the University of Calgary's O'Brien Institute for Public Health and the Calgary Zone of Alberta Health Services. Yes. Was it a very technical presentation that you had to do?
1: To be honest with you, this is sort of where Toastmasters completely kicks in. And when they try to tell you, like, relate to the audience, and you know when you do your curriculums, you have, you know, your first speech and then all the way to your 10th speech... But each, each of those speeches, you know, you have your vocal modulation and you have, you know, be humorous and all of that stuff. At the end of it, I sort of combined all of those learnings from Toastmasters to basically give a pitch that wasn't overly technical, but was enough for people to really understand it and get it. That's what made the difference because you don't want to talk where you're talking over people's heads and they're just zoning out. But you really want to be able to talk to them in a way that they understand what you're doing in in the most common way possible that they can all relate to.
0: Does that make sense? Absolutely. I heard a story once where I guess for lack of a better example, someone was talking about Newton's law of gravity. And instead of talking about all the math and the physics behind it, someone said, let me just tell you a story about how the apple fell from the tree. Yeah. It sounds like that's sort of what you did.
1: There was in the mad minute. There was basically a, a method that I used, which I actually learned on Toastmasters, and basically the the logic is that in one minute, if you have ten people presenting, not everyone is going to really retain the data or the information that one person is saying, but rather, um, if you do something that's really unique and outstanding, that is what people will remember, if anything, aside from the content. So the trick that I did was I I went up on stage and I you might have seen this on the um the winner of the 2015 Toastmasters International where the guy walked up on stage and almost lit up a cigarette and caught the people's attention and then started to talk about, you know, his pitch or, or his speech.
0: Yes, that's Mohammed Katani in fact. Yes. We are just waiting to hear back from him because we are supposed to be interviewing him for the Official Toastmasters podcast. That will be pretty exciting. I remember he pretends to light up the cigarette and he looks at the audience and he says, What?
1: <laughs> you know, to be honest with you, I did use that trick. And th- the reason I wanted to use that trick was because you really want to stand out and in a health innovation competition where you know, everyone's from the healthcare sector. That is a big, um, it's a purple cow, right? No one remembered anything, remembered that. And that's what I think won us the People's Choice Award at least. Wow.
0: That's incredible. So it wasn't really a gimmick. It was just more of a method to try to get yourself to stand out.
1: Exactly. So I started with that and then I went into my, the rest of my pitch, which was the other 50 seconds, that captured everyone's attention in a, I guess, space where everyone all the other competitors were trying to sort of do the same thing this was a completely like it made me completely unique and and people really understood what i was trying to do so i mean obviously that toastmasters plays a huge part into that because they always tell you you know try to engage the audience to the level that you can to make it so that you know they don't um they don't lose focus or they, they don't lose what the message is either
0: if I said it pays to be a toastmaster that actually now means more than one thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they they all it was a funny cuz somebody put it on Twitter and he's like um, you know, slate scale lights up the stage. <laughs> so it was kind of a funny twist to it and we got a lot of uh, retweets at the conference as well. So it was it was pretty good.
0: Oh, that's pretty cool. So, how did you get started on your Toastmasters journey?
1: I first uh, learned about Toastmasters, actually, it was a while ago. It was in 2010, I believe. My girlfriend uh, at the time, who is now my wife, we went to this event at the Foothills uh, Club. I believe that was the Foothills Club. Yeah, in Calgary. And it was a normal session we dropped into. It was a, um, I think it was a competition. And so they had, um, they had a, comp- a competitor up and he did his presentation. And after that, I was like, wow, Like I need to be able to talk like this. And I need to be able to express myself in an audience like this. And that's sort of what motivated me to join because like, I could speak in public, but I, I wanted to really take it to the next level where it wasn't just me talking, it was really me engaging the audience in a creative way. And that's what really sparked the interest.
0: Which club did you end up joining?
1: So I ended up joining the Bow Valley Toastmasters Club, which is in the uh, Danish-Canadian club in downtown Calgary, and it's literally like two blocks from where I live, because I live downtown, so it was most convenient for me, and I started going there in 2012 is when I started full-time there. Wow.
0: So how was your icebreaker?
1: You know, funny enough, my icebreaker, they were everyone was pleased, because it was a very personal story about sort of my background and, you know, just... The way that I sort of expressed myself. And I, I felt like I was a strong speaker to begin with. So right off the gate, I think people really appreciated that. You know, I prepared for like I prepared thoroughly for all my speeches and I practiced quite a bit, even at work, like at lunchtime, I was in one of the breakout rooms, just trying to nail it down. I really enjoy the experience, especially the first time, right? You want to sort of, you want to make your presence known, especially as a new member in the club. So I really, I really worked hard for it and, uh, you know, it worked. So I, I ended up winning best speaker that night.
0: Nice. For me, my icebreaker was holding both... Hands one on each side of the lectern, and I think I understand why they called it the icebreaker because they had to break my hands from that lectern. I was, uh, <laughs> yeah, and I read everything from it. So yeah, my experience is a little different. But I think what you're telling us is that Toastmasters is is a journey, and it's more, it's not like riding a bike where you get on a bike and you know how to ride a bike, but it's more like being a professional athlete or an artist or a singer, right? Where you can start at a certain place, but you still have to rehearse and practice. And obviously it sounds like, based on what you're telling me, it's the creativity and it's the variety that you learned through the manuals, but also doing table topics. Absolutely. Because that's basically what you did was a big table topic.
1: Exactly. And, you know, even from my first speech to even like the fifth one, like where I have the manual here somewhere, but um, on a personal level and I said, you know, this really the manual is meant to really think, you know, really push you to think outside the box because the hardest part for me at, at a certain point was also trying to figure out topics and original stuff that I really wanted to talk to people about and then also making sure the delivery was there because, you know, at a certain point that you have to drop the notes, right? And you really have to know how you're going to deliver it, what positioning you're going to be in, because a lot of the feedback they give you is, you know, for me, I, I talk with my hands quite a bit. So a lot of the feedback I got was, you know, try to, when, you, when you're talking, you know, in your mind, mock out sort of what you're going to be doing and what gestures you're going to be showing in a calculated way versus just kind of arm flailing, which is sometimes what I do. But so that's sort of what I learned is go- going through that. You really tweak your performance and and really Optimize it to the fullest potential capability that you have
0: are there one or two things that you can pick out specifically Mm -hmm. That you feel helped you nail what really sealed the deal and that's why you won the big prize
1: The the one or probably the the two things is Vocal variety would be one thing being able to talk and not just be sort of monotone because I I did recognize that a lot of the other uh, competitors they spoke, but they didn't speak with conviction. They just sort of were trying to get the words out. They weren't really convincing. What I learned from Toastmasters is you have to be able to use vocal variety, you know, to really express your your points. And the other thing I used was a little bit of humor too. i My opening line from what I remember was so i, I when I did the with the cigarette part, I, I sort of lit it up and I said, "Um you know, people have a higher chance of dying from obesity." than they do from smoking. But, you know, if I pulled out like a McDonald's Burger King or something like that, no one in the room would say anything, right? If I was eating it. That sort of struck a chord with them and and they liked that because it was a health innovation competition. And I was trying to link, you know, smoking and bad eating. Really and then, you know, my pitch was all about nutrition. So it's trying to like tie everything together. But yeah, using vocal variety and humor were the two key points.
0: So I take it you didn't record it or get anybody to record your pitch, or did you?
1: They, you know, they did record it and they haven't released it yet, so it'll be up. Okay. Um, when it's up, I'll, I'll send them to you, both of them, the Mad Minute and the full three-minute one.
0: That'd be awesome. One of the things that I do is I record every single one of my presentations and my evaluations as well. I try to do video when possible, but I at least get audio. I pr- pretty much just, I turn my phone on hit the voice app recorder and then just record away because you never know when you're going to want to look back at that. Yeah. And of course, as you get older, you start to forget things or you get too tied up in things. <laughs> so you got to go back and say, "Okay." Yeah. Ironically, I placed 3rd at district last year at the humorous speech contest and that speech, wow, the core of it came from a speech that I did in my first year as a Toastmaster, when I went to the humorous speech contest. So part of that core, and I had to dig it up on an old little tiny micro cassette recorder. You ever, do you ever see one of those?
1: I think they're in museums now. (laughs) Yeah, probably. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I know I'm aging myself here though. That's pretty awesome. So if I was to ask you to offer one piece of advice for someone who might find themselves in this particular position where they have to do a pitch, what would right. you what would you share with them
1: so from a toastmasters perspective if at any point they feel uncomfortable about you know giving a presentation i think i would definitely urge them to join toastmasters even if their pitch is probably in the near term like let's say if it's like three weeks or a month from now the drop-in sessions at the toastmasters are very valuable right and you can really learn and, and even just observing i think the the key point here is that you really have to challenge yourself and push yourself because it, it's not going to happen overnight, right? It's a journey, like you said. And if someone's looking to do a pitch, it all comes down to practice and being able to be uh, an and experience because the more you get up in front of people, the more confident you become and, um, you know, the more clarity you have in terms of the points you're trying to express and all that, the nerves, like you still have nerves, but it won't be to the point that it's going to take away from your presentation. Like, I still get nervous. I have, We had a pitch actually on Thursday, and uh, it was for the Startup Calgary launch party that they're going to have in November. So they had 16 contestants that had um, basically three-minute pitch, two of which was the pitch and one-minute questions. I got a little bit nervous, but I, I still made it through. But um, if I didn't have the Toastmasters experience, it would have gotten far worse than, than
0: what it was. I can recall a fellow who decided he was going to do that drop-in Toastmasters so he could learn how to do a toast for his brother's wedding. Yeah, he uh, (laughs) he stuck around for like three or four years after that. So, you learned quite a bit from it. There you go. Let's uh, let's shift gears here just for a minute, and let's talk a little bit about. Tell me about the Slate Scale. Sure. Tell us a little bit more about it, how it works, a little bit about the app, and what's what's happening with that.
1: Yeah, sure. So Slate Scale is it's a consumer health product or a tech product. It's a gadget. Like I said earlier, it's a, it's a really portable, smart scale for nutrition. Basically, what it does is that you can weigh your food on it and use your uh, phone with, with the mobile app. It'll basically give you a, a really good breakdown of what you're eating and it taps into a database. So, for example, let's say you have a bagel or a, a muffin for breakfast. Um, you can easily put it on the scale quickly search our database and it'll give you the, the calories the macronutrients your protein carbs and fats plus you know a, a few other key points there and you can really log that on, on your day-to-day journal and understand sort of what you're eating and how it contributes to your your personal health goals so it really enables people to reach their health goals faster and their nutritional goals faster and you know every person has their own goals so it really customizes it to to your uh, to that person Um, And and really, it's just a product that really helps people lead healthier lives at the end of the day. So we just launched on Indiegogo on um, basically about a week ago, and we're at 34% of our funding. Yeah, so we're hoping to hit that 100% mark uh, by the end of November. And yeah, if people are interested, they can check out SlateScale.com for more information.
0: That's awesome. So it's going to be retailing for...
1: Seventy-five dollars, but if they go and back us on our Indiegogo, they can get discounts up to thirty-five percent off.
0: Okay, and that's in U.S. dollars. That's correct.
1: That's in U.S. dollars. Yep.
0: But I assume the product will be shipping out of Canada.
1: Yeah, eventually, at a certain point, we will start shipping. In um, first units will go out in April.
0: Okay, that's awesome. So basically, the Slate Scale is a small, portable unit, about the size of a how? What the dimensions of it? It's
1: a five and a half inches by five and a half inches. And it's only
0: about
1: uh, 0.6 of an inch thick.
0: Right. And it's made, it's got this, it's got a stainless steel scale on it, which I believe I read you can put up to one kilogram
1: on it. That's right. Yep. One, up to one kilogram of food you can weigh, and you can even put a plate on it and then uh, zero it out. So you're weighing your food and never do the dishes. Basically what, what we're, it allows you to sort of understand a little bit more about you know your consumption and the app is basically going to get it to the point where um, people don't have to constantly key things in the app will start to recognize your behavior. So that's the, the, the other benefit of it, is that you won't have to constantly, you know, input things in on a day-to-day basis.
0: It attaches to your smartphone through Bluetooth and what platforms will it
1: support? So it's gonna be supporting uh, iOS and Android at the moment. And um, if there are any platforms in the future that are um, high in demand, for example, even the watch, I guess the Apple watch would be a, another candidate. Um, we will then develop those applications for those devices.
0: Great, and you're also going to be looking in the future at supporting or integrating them with other health devices. We're
1: actually talking with MyFitnessPal right now. We're in conversations with them as well as uh, Fitbit. So a lot of the a lot of people actually track their activity, and now what our integration will be able to do is uh, enable them to look at their activity and nutrition all in one place, so they have um, a well balanced idea of of their health basically in their pocket. So it's a pretty cool and exciting uh, exciting thing.
0: Cool. That's awesome. If anyone wants to find out more information, they can go to SlateScale.com or they can also go to the Canoe Tech blog where I just recently put a preview up and that's how Rana and I first got in touch. Rana Varma, thank you so much for taking the time to being on the podcast. I wish you all the best in your Toastmasters journey and let's hope this funding happens real quick.
1: Absolutely. Thanks a lot for hosting, Greg. Hey, you're welcome. Bye-bye. Well, that was a...
0: Pretty interesting conversation and a total coincidence. I was interviewing him for a tech article. In fact, how he connected with me is he sent me a press release and then he followed up with a phone call, which is pretty good because usually all you get are emails. Nevertheless, if he sends us the links to his presentations, his short presentations, I will add them in the show notes. If you are listening to this podcast on iTunes, then just please go to toastcaster.com and the show notes will be there on the on the podcast page well this is greg gaz and i just wanted to say thank you for everyone that's continued to tune in over the years we've just recently surpassed a million hits so thank you very much for that if you really enjoy the podcast please go to itunes leave us some feedback leave us some notes and also if you want to get a hold of me just drop me a line send me an email find me on twitter GadgetGuy.ca is also another place you can find it. Nevertheless, feedback is always appreciated, and I guess we'll talk to you in the next episode. Till then.